We've finally got a little bit of clarification on what the hell Tarantino's 10th and final movie may be. There's some interesting horror casting and one of last year's most successful and I think most popular horror movies gets its sequel greenlit too. We also have our full review of Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Janine comes back at me with a fun game this week. All of it and more on today's show. Welcome to the Madness! Hello everyone, welcome back to Monday Madness with Morgan and the Machine. Yay! I don't know why I just said yay. How are we? How are you? How am I? How are they? You're excited to be here. Yes. I think we are. I think we are excited to be here today. Um, We may have to be having a little bit of a shorter show today than usual, but certainly still a lot of fun on Monday Madness that we like to do. My sign, I'm happy with my sign today, by the way, not that the uh, audio-only people can't obviously see my sign and never see my sign, Um, but it does say, hi, Megan, because obvious reasons, really, for Shazam, Fury of the Gods, as, yes, I don't need to say anymore. I don't (laughs) think I need to say any more than that. I think it's a case of, if you know, you know. I think you're good. Nah, well done. Wink, (laughs) nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Not at all trying to get the attention of anybody like I was a couple of weeks ago with Tessa Thompson as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, for God's sake. I don't know why I've turned into this. Why have no, I turned okay. into this? It's fine. <laughs> You're doing okay. It's good. It's good. It's all good. Good is good. Stop it. Stop it. Right, <laughs> let's get into the show. <laughs> this is going to take a, a, a different turn. At the start of, uh, of this it's okay. We time. we like that yeah. here. That's where the madness comes in. <laughs> it is, but I, you know, there's. I was only digging myself a hole then, really, and not even digging myself a hole. Just I was going down a path that the show shouldn't necessarily be, and people will just think I'm some sort of deviant. <laughs> not See, deviant. I, what am I trying to say? <laughs> I think saying things like that is what's going to make it worse. Probably. Just just give up. Just quit. Just just stop right now. Oh, dear. You were doing okay. (laughs) Welcome to the madness. Welcome to the madness. Yes, I will ask the question because we do have a few things to get into uh, before our main review on today's show. So, so, Janine... Well, we have a couple interesting things up in the oh, world yes. news and upcoming projects. Uh, I was scrolling the Twitter as you do, and I saw Kyle Gallner, uh, star of Smile, uh, quote tweet uh, an article talking about the green lighting of a sequel to Smile, Smile 2. So, um, you know, that movie was huge last year in kind of the horror genre did really well um so it did do really and, well and it, it definitely was very popular yes and it definitely is a story that leans into an easy continuation 
uh, as it's a yeah. pattern of things that continues to happen and pass from person to person. So yeah. definitely you really a story. Don't need to, you really <laughs> don't need to have the same central characters at all no. for this kind of thing. No. So it's definitely like a final destination kind of situation yeah. almost. Uh, yeah. So I'd be down to see a smile too. I did enjoy smile. Um, I thought it did some really creepy, unsettling things. It definitely was a movie that, you know, you could think of maybe at least five other films that are like it, um, but still enjoyable. Um, great um, directing things in there. I think really solid performances. I think really taking the descent of madness type storyline and putting it in the hands of a character who is, uh, you know, a therapist who deals yeah. with mental health was an interesting, you know, way to, to set it apart. So I really enjoyed Smile. So I would, I would be definitely interested to see uh, more from that, uh, that story. Absolutely. And all it needs for me is, like you said, a continuation of just the basic idea of the smile as a infestation which it almost is really isn't it it is that pattern of if you see the smile you get the smile yourself and it's all kind of psychological yeah um you know it, it's that very weirdly unique creepy image like yes okay there's creepy smiles in many many horror movies but this really just drew attention to this one specific thing it was all about the creepiness of of the smile itself it was it follows if yeah. it follows was a smile and yeah. not whatever people think it follows is yeah. a lot of people seem to think it follows is some sort of uh, sexually transmitted disease don't they <laughs> or, or or a certain um an embodiment of that i think yes, i think yes. a lot of what uh, it follows is that well that's what it is actually isn't it because it's kind of people getting up to each other yeah. uh, up to each other that's not a phrase people Ooh. getting busy with each getting each down other. with each other yes. is what i was supposed and to passing say. it passing the, and passing this. it on through that yeah mm -hmm. um but this isn't that this is literally just if you're unfortunate enough to look at it yeah then you you get it um so really it could it could be an endless series of horror movies yeah really. it's kind of going on because As Final Destination kind of had their run of yeah, you know, several films with different characters. Yeah, as long as your base style is kind of the same, the story can be absolutely anything. The characters can be absolutely anything. You can deal with different themes in different movies. Yeah. Like this first one dealt with, you know, own psychological trauma, the flipping of how a therapist becomes traumatized and and has all yeah. these things and going on that nobody believes yes and then has to deal with her own face her own trauma that she kind face. of tries to yes to, her to past. deal with yeah and yes okay i think that's where the first smile went a little bit out there and got a touch too silly for the rest of the movie i think i think it tonally changed once we got to that kind of her old house and there was that giant yeah mother monster creature yeah. whatever that was about yeah it i suppose yes but it, it really i just think should have been a hallucination of her mother and that was that it didn't need yeah, to turn into some sort of creature thing. yeah 
Um, I think that would have been scarier. But that's what that movie dealt with. And I think as long as we don't go along those similar lines again in A Smile 2, but obviously keep the same pattern, the same mystery yeah. behind it, I think it'll work wherever you place it. It could yeah. be in any country. It could be with any group of people it, from any walk of life. And I think that is the great thing about a concept like Smile. So, yeah, I, I'm interested in this. I'm interested okay. in this. Yeah, me too. I, I would definitely see it because I did yeah. like Smile. Yes. It was it was very popular. It did really well. And I mm -hmm. think it was respected critically as well as yeah. a horror movie last year. It was, uh, it was a really good thing to see. So, yes, I like this. I like this. Horror casting news as well, though, Janine, because yeah. we have Guillermo del Toro's Frankenstein movie. Oh, another Frankenstein movie. When was the last time we had a Frankenstein movie? I feel like it was about 10 years ago. I, Frankenstein, rings yeah. a bell. Victor, was... Frankenstein, rings a yeah. bell. Mm -hmm. I think that, I feel like that might have been the last one. Probably. But, you know, Guillermo's coming off... Guillermo seems to be always doing interesting things, regardless of what you may think of them. I mean, he he doesn't make a lot, does he, really? He doesn't have a lot of projects going on. He just has the things he's he incredibly dedicated on. to. Yeah, mm -hmm. which is and great. Look, I, I mean... Think. His last two movies have actually both won Oscars in their respective fields, right? Yeah, I think Shape Pinocchio, of Water. Pinocchio has just won the Best Animated Oscar. Yeah. And his one, I don't think, there was one in between The Shape of Water and his Pinocchio that he made. I don't think there was. I think The Shape well, of Water was of his movie Kind of his next that. big project, yeah. Like, I think he probably, like, produced on things and yes, other things like definitely. that. But a, a project where he was kind of wholly, solely involved in, in the creative process, I think the last thing like that was probably Shape of Water. So. Yeah, and that obviously won Best Picture. Best Picture. It was a great yeah. movie. Yes, I loved it. Um, So this is very interesting because... He's making a Frankenstein movie, and we have a few people in talks. It's not necessarily confirmed casting, but I just think these things are interesting. Now, Mia Goth is one of these people who is just, why not? Because she's flying yes. in horror. <laughs> yeah. She's absolutely flying. And it, it would actually, I think, be quite interesting to see. I assume this is going to be a originally set it, it, I mean, time-wise, Frankenstein movie, because it's Guillermo, he likes this kind of atmosphere. I highly doubt this is going to be any sort of modern retelling of Frankenstein. This is going to be very, very, you know, 200 years ago. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think we're going to like that. So it would be nice to see Mia Goth, I think, play a woman from that time, really, because she's kind of been more... 20th century in, in the stuff we've mostly seen her in or obviously modern present day yeah but to play you know perhaps a female lead in a frankenstein movie really how cool. will she it'd be a different type of role for her i don't think it will but i give can see her... her fitting into that world so yeah i don't think it'll give her as much kind of manic mania to do <laughs> yeah, but it'll give so her <laughs> it'll still give her drama to do it'll still give her 
kind of a, a, an emotional intensity to yeah. perform, I think. And Guillermo's able to, I think, bring very different things out of people when he's putting them in his movies anyway. Yeah. And I, I like that about him. Um, I think somewhat wonderfully, Oscar Isaac oh, is in yes. talks for this as well. And <laughs> I believe he's in talks for Victor Frankenstein. Oh, I like that. Which I do think is great. Yes. Because he does have that ability to, he, you know, he has a very intelligent face, yeah. I think. But you know full well that he can go crazy when he wants to. He can become obsessive when he wants to. We've yes. seen that from him in the past. I mean, the first movie I ever saw him in was the Zack Snyder Sucker Punch movie. And he was okay. He was the villain in that. And he was very kind of manic and, and intense and yeah. a little weird. Uh, so, you know, the first thing I ever saw him in, he was playing kind of weird. Uh, and different so um, you know he's since kind of become more mainstream but that just speaks to his range so I definitely could see him slipping into that role very easily and we have Andrew Garfield now I don't I'm not entirely certain about Andrew Garfield I suppose it depends who these people are playing yes. really doesn't it I also think arguably you could have Oscar Isaac playing the monster. And I think that, you know, he would bring a certain power to it, a certain emotion to it that you do need with this kind of thing. I mean, you, you go all the way back to Karloff and he just is able to bring so much emotion with so little yeah. to that because of his eyes, really, and his, his eyes, his movements. And Oscar Isaac's got very, very intense eyes. Yeah. Um, I think that would I also think that would be great. I mean, didn't De Niro play the monster as well in, in mm -hmm. Kenneth Branagh's Frankenstein? Yeah. To to success, really. And obviously like Christopher Lee plays a different type as well. But it's these kind of big people. Um and I suppose Oscar Isaac's not necessarily this big hulking figure. You know, he's not he's about five eight or something like that. Yeah. He's not like six four like a Karloff or yeah. Lee. But I think it would be interesting um if you were to put him as as the monster or if you were to put him actually as Victor, I think would be Yeah, I think he would work both ways. So then where would that leave better. Andrew Garfield? <laughs> I I don't know where that leaves Andrew Garfield, actually. I'm trying to doubly look now to see if there's any confirmation on who. Who's playing who. On Yeah, on who's playing who. And I, I don't think there, seem, there doesn't seem to be. Any official. Um, it doesn't seem to be who's playing who, just that these people are in talks to be in it. Okay. Which does make me, if Andrew Garfield is there as well... It makes me feel like he might be a victor to Oscar Isaac's monster, I because I can't see Andrew Garfield being yeah. the monster. No, really. but I could, I could see him being the doctor. I also couldn't see Andrew Garfield being an ego type either. No, no, definitely not. I could arguably see Oscar Isaac being an ego. Type. I could I see him being several. Yeah. <laughs> um. 
But Andrew Garfield could make a good Victor Frankenstein as well. He could bring a, a, a certain craziness to it because he's he's quite you know he's quite lean and lanky, and I think he could be a, quite sciencey, sciencey, yeah. shall we say? <laughs> Maybe this is a, a residue of Peter Parker from ten years ago. Yeah, but I feel like he could be quite sciencey as. Uh, as Victor Frankenstein, but that interests me. A Guillermo yes. Frankenstein movie really does interest me. And this this has been a, an idea, I think, from Guillermo for, for a long, many years. Yes, and but he definitely fits the vibe of, of those stories, so. He does. I mean, Crimson Peak, you know, that's a mm -hmm. gothic romance, and that's essentially what Frankenstein is. I mean, yeah. I know it's a sci-fi movie. Or a sci-fi story, really, and it's called the book is is obsessive sci-fi as opposed to, you know, is the birth of sci-fi really as opposed to kind of traditional gothic, yeah, um, made more gothic by Universal's movies, obviously, yeah, um, and so that's kind of what it's known for now. But I have, I can only see this being. A period piece. I can't see this being a contemporary movie, just because yeah. of how Guillermo is. I think he, I think yes. he prefers period. He prefers pieces. that period aesthetic. I think, yeah. And I think it would work really well. I'm intrigued by these names being somewhat nearly attached to this project. It will be interesting to hear any confirmation on any of this, if and when we do get that. Yeah, it's very exciting. Very, very exciting. But I think what is exciting and what is exciting, very exciting for a lot of people, is finally a little bit of clarity on Quentin Tarantino's 10th and supposedly Ooh. final movie. Yes. For mm -hmm. years and years, he's been this saying, been 10 movies, I'm only making I'm 10 movies. Yeah. 10 movies and I'm done. Because if... Who, who, if you ask certain people, he's already made 10 movies, but if you ask him, he hasn't. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the one? Is it True Romance, the one that he doesn't count? Or I think he maybe counts Kill Bill as one. And people or does he count, count Kill as Bill two? as one? Is that what happens? I think let's, that's let's, what it let's, is. Let's figure it out. Reservoir because he, he wrote Pulp True Fiction, Romance. He Jackie didn't... Brown. Oh, that's right. Kill Bill as one. Death Proof. Inglorious Bastards, Django, Hateful Eight, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it must be Kill Bill as one. Yeah. It must be, which is fair enough. You know, yeah. I, I I like to think of Kill Bill as one as well, to be fair. um, You know, there's been ideas that a Kill Bill 3 in the past would have been his final movie. Yeah. I think time has gone away from him on ever making a Kill Bill 3, to be honest I mean, with you. it's possible. It's it's the idea of um, following Nikki, Vivica Fox's daughter, coming back to get revenge on the bride. So, um, that I mean, that can happen anytime. It's not like something like one of his original ideas of the Vega brothers. Um, well, certainly, yes. Certainly <laughs> yeah, which just now. Way past then. <laughs> yes, yes. We can't be doing that, especially given the fact it was supposed to be Set before Pulp Fiction and, and Reservoir Dogs, that one, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Which is just an absurd thing to think about now. And we're not trying to de-age people, please, no. Oh, no. But 
I don't think that I don't think that's anywhere close to happening. But because his tenth movie and supposedly final movie seems to be titled the movie critic or titled at the moment the movie critic um supposedly set in the 70s and supposedly a, perhaps a biopic of an actual influential movie critic who i have temporarily forgotten the name of unfortunately but this is interesting because we haven't really seen a biopic no this would, this would be an adaptation of somebody's life by the sounds of it and this is yes. very untarantino like given that he's... i mean yeah he has tapped into actual moments in history but he does he this has. really cool revisionist uh kind of uh vengeful end for the villain of of from from actual history type situation so yeah. um yeah to kind of really focus in on something real that is is true to life fully um is not something we've seen from him before so no it um it almost it almost put me off in glorious bastards for quite a while the revisionist aspect of it until oh, really? i realized that i just need to get over myself this was years <laughs> ago this was when it came out yeah you know i just need to get over myself and understand originality and not everything has to just speak to actual history yeah because inglorious bastards i think is a great movie really i think all of his movies are great movies there is just something a little bit untarantino like about you know a biopic about yeah the life of a real person because while his style borrows from all walks of movie making from all across Ooh. the world yeah. his stories are entirely era. original yeah credibly original you know his scripts are, are frighteningly original and unique yeah. and an auteurist you know he has his style nobody makes movies like him because he takes so many elements from so many different types of movies <laughs> yeah. and molds them, into them together one into his his original story you know you know while having predominant influences you know death proof being a sleazy 70s movie but made in 2007 yeah <laughs> you know it, it, the hateful eight and, and django being revisionist westerns but made in the early 2010s yeah you know it, it's it's very you know he has genres that he sticks to but it's the stylistic nature of them you know yeah. that there's there's revisionist western styles in those westerns that he's made there's also spaghetti western styles in those mm -hmm. westerns there's very traditional western influence yes. american westerns john ford movies things like this in those westerns there's a mishmash there's also kung fu elements and samurai <laughs> movie elements yeah and weird french things and all these kind of things that he just, just mush that he enjoys passionate about yeah yeah that he molds into his movies so very interesting to see his type of style and aesthetic go into something like a biopic so like how true is this biopic is it going to feel like a documentary style type thing like yeah. I i'm curious to see what that looks like for sure uh pauline kale by the way okay. is the name of the critic um so yeah it's it's a female lead okay. i think that's been absolutely clarified it's a female lead which has led a lot of people to believe that it may be a biopic of pauline kale 
who was a LA Times critic, I think, in the 70s. Because um, it's set in 70s Los Angeles, this movie. Yeah. So perhaps it's also... You know what it'll end up being, though, don't you? They'll end up being like weird half cameos from people from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in the movie. <laughs> yeah, you can maybe. absolutely guarantee it yeah. because this is what probably two or three years years after, after that movie that one was. Yeah. So and since we did have come characters, on, I think that's obvious. Survive things we could definitely we see did. some connections there. We did. You know, maybe he'll be focusing on this critic assessing the life and times of whatever DiCaprio was called or I've forgotten what his name was now or Cliff his, Booth was it Cliff Booth something like that yeah Where who Brad character. Pitt was I don't know I've forgotten I don't know um, <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen it but I think it's interesting yeah. It's very, very interesting. Um, this is a big deal is something that's been built up for big years deal. in terms of his it's career. Massive deal. Yeah, so so I'm glad to get a little bit more detail about that. I'm excited to hear more detail, but it, it is a massive, massive deal. Yeah. He's a ridiculously popular figure. Yes. Whatever you may think of him, I mean, some people really don't care for Tarantino, do they? I know he's got some odd opinions about things. I know he's got, also got a little bit of an annoying passion sometimes for certain things where he just seems to get a bit high and mighty about certain things. And... Yes, well, he has a podcast now, I do believe. Right? Oh my God, of Rant course. Rant and does. rave about those very things. So, <laughs> who doesn't have he's a every fourteen year olds. Yes. He's every 14-year-old's favourite director, isn't he? And he was certainly mine at the age of 14, so I have to admit to that. Yes. yes. <laughs> I would say he no longer is, because I think I've found a certain style of movie that I kind of am more fond of. Yes. Now, but, but I, don't, I, I, don't I have massive alone. respect. Yeah. No, I always, I always will, and I always have had massive respect for Tarantino, just because he is the preeminent movie fan filmmaker yeah really isn't he? he he in the early 90s obviously when indie cinema had another massive boom 20 years after its original boom but to a far more mainstream degree this time yeah he was the kind of shining light of that entire movement yeah with those couple of movies with reservoir dogs and pulp fiction that just had so much influence from all these weird little movies that he loves put in them and people recognize that and people yeah, recognize, people recognize more the true style now. there yeah but it, it does take a lot of skill to take those original styles take those scenes really from older movies from small old movies b70s movies and yeah. weird Things like that, like I said, kung fu movies. Yeah, <laughs> but there's a lot of. I mean, Kill Bill is 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 a Hong Kong revenge movie, but just with Uma Thurman instead. Yeah, it's it's it takes a lot of skill to take those original ideas, those original movies, bring the style to something different, and make it feel 
like your own your own thing yeah like definitely black exploitation elements obviously in something like jackie brown certainly um but really down to the casting of the lead yes yes and and crafting those uh familiar elements into a a wholly original story i think it's a a really cool combination of things he's been able to do over the span of his career so if this is the culmination of that i'm really excited to see what he comes up with and if it's going to be kind of completely different from anything he's done but still kind of have the bones of his style so yeah i'm curious to find out more going through the next maybe few months or years or um I hope it's not of what this movie is going to be. Well, I mean, it's been years already, so we'll see. It, it, I mean, it has. When was, I mean, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was 2019. Yeah. Actually, wasn't it? So mm-hmm. I would hope maybe, maybe a release of 25, 2025 release, I would hope for something like this. If we get, if we're getting first news of it now. now maybe go into production next year yeah yeah i would think that's fair i would hope so as well i would hope so exciting exciting well it's time for our let's talk and our let's talk this week janine is our full spoiler review of shazam fury of the gods the latest and not quite last installment into the uh, DC universe, DC movie universe, before the big takeover movies actually start to be made. Yeah. Of which there is clarification that James Gunn will be directing that Superman legacy movie that's uh, supposedly will be coming out in 2025, you know, the kind of first thing in James Gunn's new uh, and Peter Safran's new DC uh, world that they are figuring out over there yeah. um which is i think reasonable and exciting yeah. because what will james gunn manic little james gunn bring <laughs> to a superman movie yeah i'm really curious I the mean... same vibe he brought to the suicide squad surely not <laughs> or brightburn <The> <laughs> <movie? laughs> or brightburn yes um it'd be interesting be interesting to see him his take on on superman yeah because superman's kind of not usually chaotic and kind of bloody and violent and funny really it's kind of more wholesome tends to yes. be yes which we didn't really we mostly just got depressed superman so but that was heavy emotion, wasn't it? In 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 Snyder's, yes, yes. it was heavy emotion that did become hopeful by the end. Really, in Snyder's Justice League, it, it did. Even though he was wearing a black suit, it doesn't necessarily mean he was depressed in that movie when he was returned back to yeah. form. <laughs> yeah, I think he was quite smiley, really. Yeah, um, and willing to be a team player. But what gun will bring to? Superman, I have no idea. But Shazam, Fury of the Gods. What do we think of this? What do we think of this then? I mean, definitely not breaking any new ground with this movie. But overall, I think it was fun. It had all your kind of basic structures of a movie like this. And I found myself having fun with it. Um, 
they try to pack a lot in there. So I don't think we get enough time with things that those things do deserve. But I like that we got more of things that we didn't, you know, we were only kind of scratching the surface of in the last movie and we get more time with those things here. So I appreciate getting even just a little bit more time with certain things and certain characters. Um, but I mean, overall, I, I had a good time. I enjoyed myself. I found it more enjoyable to watch than something like uh, a Thor Love and Thunder or um, even Ant-Man and the Wasp. So I, I was going to be <laughs> I was going to compare. I think those two are fairly obvious movies to compare it to, but yeah. I think correct movies to compare it to. Because what I think what I actually think Fury of the Gods does really really well is feel quite dynamic it feels like there's a lot of a lot of movement yeah. i don't know if it's the way it's made i don't know if it's kind of david f sandberg is a good director yeah he did well with the first shazam he's done well in his other movies the first shazam i think was more i think it spoke to a more emotional element of kind of foster kids becoming something they perhaps never thought they would because they've been rejected and all this business being yes. down and there's a lot of hope in that first Shazam movie and creating a family you know in, in a place yeah. you wouldn't expect to or, or allowing yourself to to be accepted by a new family and that whole kind of aspect of you know family does not have to be a blood relation to be your family types you know yeah. type themes in there so those were great that was the great thing about that first Shazam, while being a fairly typically structured superhero movie with okay, relatively unique humor. Because I don't think other funny superhero movies have quite this style of humor, really. I think a lot of, you know, for example, the Guardians of the Galaxy style humor, it's more kind of sarcastic, it's more. It's a little bit wittier than this is just kind of stupid humor a lot yeah. of the times. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of immature humor. It doesn't always work. Well, yeah, I think that's probably one of my biggest gripes is that um, Zachary Levi is still very much playing like Shazam billy batson as like very childlike and immature whereas yeah. like a whole plot point is billy's like about to turn 18 so i don't think billy himself and even the moments we do see billy is acts like that very immature and goofy and and silly like that so the correlation between zachary levi's performance and you know the kid he's meant to be portraying is not really melding i will say you know zachary levi is very charming as the character and i enjoy him as the character yeah. but the things he's doing and being very immature and kind of dumb which is making him very kind of goofy and dumb does not feel like where this kid would be at at almost 18 you know i do agree with that i do agree with that i found some of the humor here genuinely quite funny i thought some of it did land i thought really some of it unfortunately just didn't land for yeah. me um which which is a shame when you are billed as a humorous superhero movie yeah. you know you, you're you're kind of supposed to be entirely funny what i really did like about it though is like what i've said before i thought it, i felt it was a really interestingly made movie interesting visual movie it's 
let's compare it to a Thor Love and Thunder and a, an, an Ant-Man Quantumania. Yeah. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Particularly Thor Love and Thunder because Thor Love and Thunder is dealing with gods and mythology. And this movie is very much dealing with gods and mythology. Like way more than the first movie did. And the yeah. first movie was, yes, there's magic. Yes, there's wizards. But this is like Greek god situation yeah. that we're dealing with here. And I thought that the, the Greek god element, the godly deity element of Fury of the Gods, was handled, was visually way better, handled way better, treated with more fun respect than, than Thor Love and Thunder was. Yes, you have these three way sisters um, who are gods and, um, you know, they're all kind of in conflict with each other. So, you know, I, I liked getting to kind of sit in that world and and yeah definitely more respect to uh the characterization of these gods as opposed to something like like what thor was doing but even i mean we're, we're getting into sp a few spoilers here yes um, will be. in in this review but even you know when lucy lou plants that tree in in the phillies baseball stadium yeah. And all the mythical creatures, creatures come out come of out, these global yeah. things. Like, they looked really good. Well, yeah, the I think that speaks to his, you really know, good. I think that speaks to his kind of the director's horror, you know, background and, and uh, horror ideas really playing into just kind of the, the scariness of these creatures. Yeah. So I definitely liked that we got a moment in here for him to kind of play in a, in a horror aspect a little bit, since that's kind of yeah. what he he he's done in the past. And those those harpies and those <laughs> cyclops, minotaurs. Mm -hmm. You get griffins. Oh, yeah. You get the unicorns are a standout because the the <laughs> kind of the entire Shazam family ends up all riding these dark unicorns <laughs> to, yeah. to save the day. Feeding them Skittles. Skittles. How much did Skittles pay this movie to, yes. for this product placement? It, it was, was outstanding. Like, <laughs> yes, it was definitely a, a Skittles-sponsored <laughs> movie. It had to I mean, be. for God's sake, <laughs> Darla says, taste, taste the, the rainbow. Taste the rainbow twice, <laughs> she says it. <laughs> it's um, kind of charming, though. Why not have very obvious Skittles product placement right? in this kind of movie? I didn't <laughs> mind that at all, but I did love these mythical creatures in this big final kind of battle sequence i really yeah. really did not only the the kind of genuine terror you got from a lot of them because they're all the the really scary to look at but they've you know the cg of them the effects of them felt so much better than than, than what we've seen i think in recent marvel movies yeah that, i mean a lot quite a bit of the, the effects, effects i will say generally to me, I mean, felt better. It felt like a cleaner looking movie. It didn't feel like a fakey movie. You know, there's and there's a lot of times in Fury of the Gods we're, we're in, you know, a godly realm, a mythical place, the, the rock of eternity with all these doors flying all over the place yeah it's our little harry there's potter room <laughs> there's there is a harry potter i got so i got excited there was i was waiting around. for a, i was waiting for a harry potter joke and they didn't make one <laughs> they didn't i mean it's they, warner brothers why not yeah they referenced fast and the furious but not but not harry potter 
strange really. Yeah. But no, those books flying around all the place. The 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 pen, Steve the pen that wrote on its own. Yeah. That's very Harry Potter. Where where where's yeah. the, where's the jokes? Where's the jokes? Yes. But no, we're dealing with all that kind of stuff, and the 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 visual effects to me felt so much better than what I've seen in in other recent superhero movies. Even Black Adam, which is obviously DC as well, like the effects here yeah. felt way better than the effects in Black Adam. Yes, I mean there were scenes I felt like didn't look as great, and I think they, I think it was really saving the best kind of bits of CGI for the finale that had a, a lot all over the place. Um, so I did see some moments it didn't look great to me, but I think putting it where kind of it counted the most, where you're going to be dealing with the most kind of CGI stuff, I think you know of course makes sense. But the yeah, overall dragon? I could. Yes, overall, I definitely think a lot of that looked better than than other things we've seen in the superhero genre of of recent time. So, uh, yeah, um, I, I did like those kinds of set pieces in there for sure. I was, I was expecting to come out of this movie going, I didn't feel anything because where's it going? It's not going anywhere. We know it's not. And going I mean, we had anywhere. some. We had some two kind of big. I guess this is very much these, you know, these scenes now in things like we've got at the end of Black Adam, and now this. It definitely feels like, and I think probably what we're gonna get in the Flash with Ben Affleck. Yeah, it's very just... much. Uh, let's give these characters a final moment. And I kind don't know. Of, yeah. Yes. And is it like, was it meant to feel that way? Or is it just feeling that way? Because we know what's happening. Because like, was that originally the plan for those scenes? <laughs> because Who we get knows? a very similar scene to what happened at the end of Black Adam in this movie. Um, because yes, as we've now officially kind of gotten to spoilers, we do get um Gal Gadot coming in here as Wonder Woman by the end, uh, having a little I moment. Think, yes, I think it's more. It feels more reasonable to have Gal in this movie than than it did, you know, Henry Cavill in, in at the very end of Black Adam in the in the post credits, because you know Gal Gadot didn't fall off this franchise and <laughs> entirely did. She? Henry yeah. did. Henry was yeah. uh, you know gone away and brought back for three seconds and one line at the end in the end credits of that movie that we all thought might have gone somewhere and ended up never nah, ever going anywhere. Yeah. So it feels more reasonable to have Gal Gadot show up in this movie for the little scene she does show up in. And I kind of liked it because we see him on this date with Wonder Woman earlier on in the movie in his dream yeah and you know billy batson seems obsessed with with Wonder Woman. yes and we don't see her face i'm like are they gonna do a superman at lunch type situation yeah, we don't again yeah so i, I was kind of getting thing. like oh you're really gonna play that again like that's just because we all know what's going on like that's just gonna look kind of like 
really. So then when she actually did show up at the end, I thought, okay, this is kind of cool. And also, yeah. you know, while they probably meant it just to be a cool cameo, it really turned into a, well, bye, gal. Thank you for your time, <laughs> you know, it, it which did. the Superman felt like. And I feel like the Batman appearance in Flash is going to be the same thing. Yeah. So, I mean, even though these cameos were not meant to kind of be that, I like that we're getting that to kind of really solidify the changing of the garden. It kind of just plays out perfectly to to what the actual kind of news of of the the future of DC looks like. So I think it's kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny, but it's also kind of nice. It's kind of you know because these characters and these actors have been pretty universally liked. Yeah. Like their their movie. Like I I don't think anybody really vehemently dislikes Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. I think no, no. Uh, you know, I, nobody does. She's done a wonderful job as Wonder Woman. Yes. And sure. I think will for for so many people who have grown up with Wonder Woman as Gal Gadot, she will be their Wonder Woman. Yes. So there's no reason. You know, there's nothing within me when she showed up at the end of this movie that wasn't just going, yeah, this is great. Yay. Yeah, oh, I'm yes. so happy about this. Yeah. The, the movie, the movie, the movie left me having enjoyed myself. Yeah. I, I really, really did. I thought, look, yes. Okay. There was, there's nothing structurally story wise unique here, but I think there is, something stylistically quite unique about this movie when we've seen other superhero movies try and be mythological um and and not do it in quite this style not yeah. do it in a way that feels as genuine and i mean genuine as in has real respect for ancient greek mythology yeah um and in quite a scary way as well. Yeah, because... like I really, I really liked that opening. I thought it was pretty entertaining and pretty scary, and um, yeah, like a cool way to open this movie and 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 set the stage for like what we're dealing with in terms of this villain. So yeah, very formulaic, but I thought it was a cool thing to do. You know, um, breaking into this museum, having a you know, uh, kind of showcasing their abilities, and then kind of having everybody turn into stone and turn into statues. I think that's kind of a scary thing. So literally, a lot of people kind of had brutal deaths in this movie. People getting kind stabbed by things. You know, people actually getting thrown into into things, and you know, so yeah, I feel like we actually saw some some a little bit of brutality in this movie, which I you know you don't really expect to see in one of the more um, I don't know kid friendly feeling superhero movies in the DC universe. Um, probably the most kind of kid friendly feeling one. Uh, so yeah, I liked setting up kind of the brutality of our our villains and 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 really playing into the the greek god uh, aspects yeah. of those characters but it, it's almost what it's it's actually what i think these dc movies you know as we'll likely refer to it in years to come the pre-james gunn dc universe or whatever yeah. maybe referred to as what they have been and i think it would be be wrong to say they have felt unique to one another. 
And yeah. I mean that in a stylistic way. They haven't felt... The reason the MCU has been so successful is because a lot of them feel have a very similar tone. Yes, okay, we can veer off to slightly different genres sometimes. Yes, okay, we can have more humor in one movie to the next, but everything does feel part very of Very the same thing, yeah. And for better or worse, as popular as, you know, as populism would have it, probably worse for the DC movies. Yeah. They have all felt different to one another. Yeah. They really have. Even Shazam from Shazam Fury of the Gods, I think Shazam is a a personal kind of family comedy drama with a bit of mysticism. But this is a mythical movie. Yes, we it's kind of sidelined the family God. aspect. I mean, it's at its core, but it's definitely not as as uh, focused uh, on that as as the first film was. Yeah, but it's a it's a you know it's a dark movie at times while still having its humor in. But it's so very 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 different to the Suicide Squad. Oh yes, you know what I mean. It's and it's so very 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 different. To Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah. It's even quite different to Black Adam. Which is obviously the last thing we did get in this universe. Yeah. Um, but that I, felt historical. And, he, yeah. and that's a similar thing. Because it's still Shazam based. I mean, Black Adam is just dark Shazam. Even though The Rock did not want to appear in this movie. Because Even he said the it Rock would was a bit tarnish weird. the name of Black Adam. Which, okay. But, um... Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, you know what he's talking about. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, in terms of, kind of, the villains. Uh, I thought... You know, I was enjoying them to a point, and then Lucy Liu became very one note. I think by the end of Little it, bit. Um, and wasn't really doing much to to distinguish herself from your kind of generic villain. Um, but overall, I mean, their motivations I think were clear, and we followed them. I think in a in a solid way, we got some good fights with them, some good antagonistic moments. Liked seeing them kind of in fight with each other. Um, yeah. Helen Mirren whole, does play whole dynamic, more, so. Helen Mirren does play a more interesting character than Lucy Liu does, I think. Yeah. Because she at first seems like the leader mm -hmm. of the three sisters. Yeah. So when that and turn happens, yeah. The turn happens with Lucy Liu where instead of just saving their world, Lucy Liu wants to now enact revenge on Earth or the human realm. Yeah. Because of what they did. To, to the, her the world. God realm. Yeah. And Helen Mirren's just like, we don't need to do this. Let's just go home. We've got what we need now. Yeah. Come on. And it, there's just no one. And then Rachel Ziegler in the in the, the weirdest three sisters you've ever seen in your entire life, by the way. <laughs> Helen Mirren in her 70s. Lucy Lou. I want to say Lucy Lou might be late 40s. Yeah. And then Rachel Ziegler at twenty three or however old Rachel Ziegler. Is. <laughs> yes, which uh, they do. They do actually have a commentary about that in the movie, like about the age discrepancies there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I Humorous, like. Really. 
yes. So I like that they all kind of have different motivations, uh, which all kind of conflict with each other, which made made them a little bit interesting and and uh, didn't make them wholly kind of one note. So at least there was one kind of feature there with them that that made them a little bit more interesting and made them yeah you know set, stand out a little bit from from a typical villain but by the end uh lucy Lou does kind of become very formulaic and and n- not much different from things we've seen before no i still do think it works though and it works it works yeah kind of movie is now i wouldn't call that a bad thing it it was serviceable for what we needed it to be it did it served the purpose for what it needed to be so i I actually think this is a better than average superhero movie you know it's not one of the greats it's not wonderful but i i think it is more than more than enjoyable and i felt more interest in in this movie than the first Shazam. I'll be honest with you, I did. Yeah, I just think they're different movies, and because perhaps I have different things to bit, do, yeah. they have different things to do because I'm perhaps a little bit into weirdness and mythology, bringing that kind of craziness into there. And this does have more of David F. Sandberg's horror elements, like you said before, in it yeah. than I recall from the first one. Yeah. I'm more into this movie, and I really like that. I like that I'm more into this movie, because especially when I was going into it thinking, oh, this is going to have to be a movie that we're talking about on the show, so I'm going to have to watch. And I'm now not feeling like it was that. I'm feeling like... Like to have to watch it. Yeah, I'm 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 genuinely glad I watched that. Yes, like um, I will say, I really did enjoy getting more time with the kids in their Shazam forms. While I yes, would have liked, absolutely. you know, and I would have liked to get to know them more, like on a personal level, but um, of kind of who they are. But I think we got a decent amount of that, and I, I, I think aside from Zachary Levi and those issues I mentioned, him not really feeling like he's as relational to Billy Batson. I think all of the other kids felt like there was a, an effort there to make them very much feel like their kid version. Um, very much so. Um, very and I loved so. that Freddie got so much more kind of time here and he kind of has his own little arc of, you know, really kind of I think if any character was going to get an ego from this, it would be him who, you know, has yeah. been bullied, who has felt like nothing most of his life. And so now he's imbued with this power where he can kind of really feel confident and that kind of consuming him a little bit. So, I mean, yeah. the things that were happening with his character really made sense. Um, he has his romance I, arc with Rachel Ziegler. Yes. And the fact that his will is so strong in certain ways when he's being kind of tortured, he can hold out. You know, when this dragon is supposed to kind of make you feel this crippling fear, he's able to fight yeah. against that. So, like, just his sort of Destiny's Child joke, doesn't yeah. he? At one point. <laughs> yes. So, kind of his determination in, um, you know, at his core, he's just very strong. And, you know, the ego isn't everything with him. So I like that we got moments with him and he had some of the the, the funnest moments in the movie, the most, uh, you know, comedic moments that landed really well. So I like that we got more with that character. Um, His comedy kind of, always does land yeah. well. I really do. Yes, I think that yeah. both as his, you know, Shazam form and as just his kid form. 
yeah, all everything he's doing always does land well comedically. I also think he's got the most dramatically emotional moments of this movie. Yeah, it's almost yes. Freddy the movie rather than then Billy, Billy Batson. Yes, Billy and, and Shazam. Um, so I mean, in the moments we did get with the family dynamic, I think worked really well. I mean, I can see and, and like moments with them kind of being maybe a little bit tired of 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 kind of this life and you know wanting to do other things or focus on other things especially the oldest sister like she yeah. obviously would want to to have a life outside of that because you know she was ready to go to college and do all these things and um and, and all of that so where the characters were i think felt really accurate to that um, I liked the the moments we did kind of get with the parents and and really getting some insight on you know Mary giving Billy that insight that he didn't really have on um, yes you know his place in that and um, him still being very tentative to completely let himself feel like this is a family because you know he has these abandonment issues so I like that he's still kind of grappling with that. Um, and I so like that that's still in this movie because it was obviously a massive part of the first. Yes, so it would make sense that he's he's still dealing with that, even though he's had kind of the security in this time, but he's still going to kind of feel that fear. So I like that he got that really sweet moment with the mom and like her also yeah. feeling like, you know, everyone says bye mom, bye mom and he like doesn't call her mom and she kind of gets, you know, has a little moment of being sad about that. So and then obviously when we... he does by the end. In the <laughs> yes, but yeah, when she does want to just, when she wants to see him as Billy, like she's like show yeah. me, you, you know, I want to see my boy, I want to see my son and then him like, you know, I love you mom and the tears and like I, I really got emotional at that moment. So I like that those abandonment issues and those fears are still there and this family really you know really seeing him as a part of them um and him really finally being able to 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 sit with that and feel comfortable with that and feel safe with that um i like that those elements were at least still in there in some way especially kind of with what everything what all was going on that we still kind of had time with that i think was great yeah um, yeah and I, and let let's just say again give a shout out to megan good trying to play a 10 year old <laughs> yes because she's great like she's the i think she's the strongest one in terms of her, her and freddie i think are the strongest ones in terms of really matching their shazam character to their child yes, character absolutely yeah because uh, how how she's so peppy all the time <laughs> yeah she's so i don't cute. know yeah, it's it's uh, strange. Just just giving a shout out there again. I don't. Yes, think of course. Gets, Hi, uh, Megan. Yes. <laughs> Hi, Megan. As my sign says today, I don't think um, she doesn't get as much to do as as kind of Billy and Freddie and the older sister. Who I've forgotten the name of Mary. Um, Mary. They're they're the kind of big three. Well, because I mean, even in the last <laughs> film, I want to say Mary's Shazam was played by a different actor as well. But now in this one, I guess yes. Mary's just old enough that she's playing. That she's the same. Her, yeah, she's playing her. Which Shazam threw me off well. a little bit. Yeah, because like in the first one, I was like, did I? I kind of had to look. So I'm like, I thought she changed, and she did change. I think she was a different character, maybe because she wasn't old enough. But now that she is old enough, like it's, yeah. it looks like her. I don't know how that works, but um, uh, yeah, um, and I like the idea that you know Billy does kind of want to 
to keep them together and work together as a team and a family. But obviously there are moments where they're going to kind of want to branch off and do their own things. And, and, and him just, I like, I didn't like, again, him just being so immature and, and, and constantly having to ask Mary to help him figure things out. And, you know, them really kind of leaning on him, not really having the wisdom aspect um, but like but you say, I, this is only but, when he's Shazam. Yeah, when he's Billy, he actually fe- he doesn't feel like this dumb, goofy, kind of immature and goofy, stupid kid. Yes. Um. So, I mean, I, the fact that they address it though—that like you, you know, you don't seem to have this wisdom, and you seem to lean on Mary for everything. So I like that they do kind of address it, which saves it a little bit. Um, I suppose. Yes, and by the end, I think the wizard also, which we have to kind of get into the wizard oh, yes. and his character has so much more to do here, and, and he's it. being very silly and comedic. Like, were you okay with that, or did you find it kind of a little too silly? No, do you know what? I didn't. I, <laughs> I, I do like what he was doing. He, he fits the movie. I liked him in the first one, but he's he's only in a little bit. Yes, of that so first I, movie. Yes, I mean, and the I tone suppose that we're getting he's into. also. He's also in a little bit of Black Adam as well, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's the same wizard who gives yeah. all the Shazam powers out, and this is what he's doing. Yeah. But he he seems to be having an awful lot of fun here. And I yeah. like that. Because there's clearly power there, but there's clearly also a fondness for the Shazam family that he develops. So yeah. he, it makes sense to me that he kind of becomes a little bit more casual and a little <laughs> By bit the end, more yeah. funny. By the end, he's dressed like some sort of pimp. Yeah, I don't know it. what he was trying to pull nice off there, shade. but he had a feather in his hat. He's very fancy, very fancy. Yeah, um, a big coat, and he looked like he I belonged liked... in Superfly. <laughs> yes, and I like that he did, you know, um, he was the one to give Billy kind of his big motivational speech and and remind him why he chose him. Because, you know, when he first finds out that Billy's kind of the reason that the sisters have come back and all this is happening, he did kind of of tear him down a little bit and say, you know, I probably shouldn't have chosen you because look how irresponsible you're being and all of this. So him kind of being able to come, yes. And him being able to come back and actually, you know, say, no, I did make the right decision. I did make the right choice by picking you. I think, I think, you know, made for a very full circle moment and kind of brought some more seriousness back to him after he was kind of silly for most of the movie. Yeah. But I think he hits. He does hit that balance well for me in this yeah. movie. For me, he he does yeah. hit that balance well. You still so. feel, you feel the seriousness of of him as a character because he's obviously ridiculously powerful. Yes. But I, I like that he's able to play along with the humor. I, f- I feel like the humor would have failed had. For example, he not understood any of the humor that the Shazam well, family because of like the, whatever era doing. he's from, and he would have just not yes. understood things. Yeah, um, it, it would have felt like, like the you know, like the way Drax has become. Yeah, <laughs> in, in 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 the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, where oh, here he is again, not understanding, understanding sarcasm, not getting the ref- reference. Yeah, yeah. No. It's just, oh, it's a little bit old now. Move yes. on. And I think yes, it's either like able to develop. Yeah. 
when you have a character who's not of this time, it's like you either don't want to go too far in them, like making topical references, because then you're like, how do they know about these things? Or going too far in the end of them not understanding anything of this world. So yeah. I like that there was a balance, even with the with the um, God Sisters as well. They um, yeah, definitely. Also, they also struck the balance of not knowing too much, but not also like knowing everything, and and, and trying to play that for comedy. Um, I really did think it was balanced really well. I, I I don't I don't think it's I think it's just changed its spark from the first movie. I think the first movie was really good at depicting what it did depict. Yeah. Kid in the foster system finding his voice almost. Yeah. Um I just think that I think this one was a very, very different movie that also hit what it was trying to really, really well. Yeah. It makes you wish it was carrying on because we get mid and post credit scenes. Yes, which are related to things that James Gunn is involved in. So, I mean, if they didn't want it to continue, why not just cut those scenes? But then also, so that's what has me thinking, like, are you keeping those is scenes? The because the, is there going to be something more? And Zach Levi has very much been like, I don't know what the future holds for this character. If this movie does maybe well, maybe... Is. Um, because Maybe yeah, he, he had. I mean, James Gunn's wife is in this movie, <laughs> so that is true. Um, and uh, I think his name Steve Ag. They both are kind of Waller people who are all instrumental in the Peacemaker show. It um, was also produced by Peter Safran. Yes. So I mean, and then we get you know Mark Strong at the end as well, kind of in the same place yeah. we found him in the last movie. <laughs> Um, talking to that worm <laughs> yes so i mean it feels like if they really weren't going to do anything with that would they have kept those scenes in of like the and that's what society I and all of that because they they knew at this point yes you know they, they knew about the takeover and these are just end now. scenes that they could have just cut off right easily yeah. just cut out it wasn't a, a scene in the movie it would, wouldn't have to be edited in kind of the center of the movie it's literally end credit scenes so if it wasn't yeah. going to continue i'm curious to see why you know they would have left those in. and i i would be i would be interested to see shazam actually in the justice society and then have some sort of situation where he feels like he's so much better than the justice society what is the justice society i shouldn't be lounging around with atom smasher and yeah. uh, <laughs> cyclone because I really liked those characters as well. Problem. That was probably my favorite part of, of Black Adam. A hundred percent it was the best part of Black yeah. Adam. <laughs> Absolutely it was. Um so yeah, that I mean that would be that would be interesting, but obviously yes. make an entire movie about make an entire movie about Shazam being in the Justice Society with those with those people. Yes, wanting the entire time to just be with Wonder Woman again. <laughs> right? Yeah, like I want to go to the league. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um but yeah, I mean having, you know, characters integral to James Gunn's stories in the DC universe um is interesting. Yeah. To, yeah. to have them there and, and and really speaks to okay, where is this going to go? So, yeah, oh, I mean nice. overall I enjoyed myself. I had fun. Like I said, definitely no, no 
new ground breaking with this movie, very formulaic to the superhero genre, but uh, a fun revisit with these characters, getting a little more time with them, funny, uh, you know, not everything lands, but still just had a good time with it. And it did make me kind of want to see more. So overall, I, would I enjoyed, I enjoyed Shazam Fury of the Gods. As did I. I know, I know a few people have been a little bit disappointed by it. Um, but we have to give our honest opinions, I think. Yeah. And I think I think we're pretty similar there. Yes. Um, which is is nice. Better it's than nice. some recent superhero fare we've gotten recently. Not perfect. That has means. Not no, but doing movies. anything different, but um for the story that it's telling, I think a serviceable story and, and fu- a fun watch. Yeah, and those movies that you've just alluded to are getting people excited because of what's coming after them. So why wouldn't this movie that I think we think it is actually a better movie, why wouldn't this get you excited for something that would come after even if we know that nothing's coming after? Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it, it just makes sense to me. It just yes. makes sense to me. But no, I had uh, I had a lot of fun with it. I felt a lot of... A lot of smart movie making, a lot of interesting yeah. movie making. Like I said, stylistically very different. Um, and just, I think this has always been the case with these DC movies, is that they've been able to feel very unique, for better or worse, like I said before. Yes. They, they feel so much more different to what the populace thinks of as superhero movie. Yeah. Story-wise, maybe not. But style-wise, yes. Yeah. And I think this follows that as well. There's too much uniqueness in the way this movie's made that it just feels light years away in terms of impressive direction, impressive visual flair than a a Quantumania felt. As much as we enjoyed what went on in that movie. It just was visually, to me, a little bit uninteresting and this movie yeah. just was wasn't it was very yeah. visually interesting yes yeah I so agree. there we go shazam fury of the gods yeah. fair enough applause for shazam fury of the gods i think we have yeah. to say it's hell of a lot better than black adam as well and Dwayne Johnson yeah like that yeah <laughs> but i really i really did prefer i did enjoy movie. it i had fun watching it so yes interesting interesting I think we do have a game we want to finish Yes. Off, yes. So this is technically a drinking game. So a drinking time for game. I do games. have a drink. <laughs> it is not, not an alcoholic kind of drink. drink, but I do have um, one. But this is a drinking game. Some friends got me, but it's just a quotes game. So you okay. roll this little die. It tells you what there's three quotes on the card. So just, I, think I don't it has, have a dice. Well, I mean, I'm going to roll the dice because it's oh, going to tell gonna. me which quote to, to give you. So each card has three quotes on them. I'll roll the dice. It has a one, two, three, or a dealer's choice. So whatever I roll, I pick either one of the three quotes that it tells me, or I just pick whichever quote I want from a movie. And you have to guess what the quote is from. Okay. So I think probably the the drinking element would have probably been you having to drink if you missed the quote or something. But we will just do the, can you guess this quote? (laughs) I see. Okay. Well... For okay. games for today. This is this is how we're doing the fun games at the minute, isn't it? We're kind of taking turns giving each other games for a little bit. Yes. Okay, I got dealer's yes. choice. So I get to pick whatever okay. is on the card. 
how many are we doing or are we um, just going with the flow we'll just go with the flow maybe we'll do like okay five or so okay okay so i got dealer's choice i oh okay i'll i'll pick this one uh good because i'd find you ha well, that could be anything. That could be from any movie. <laughs> Good, because I'll find you ha. Um, I really don't. I, I have no concept of that. could be any movie. That could be any movie where somebody's hiding from somebody else. Or running yes. up somebody else. That's not a unique quote. What is this? What was that supposed to be? It was from Wedding Crashers. Oh, yes, a movie I've obviously seen. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. Well, let's have something that I've actually seen. Okay, so I got preaching. number three. Right. So quote number three in the card is, we got no food, we got no jobs, our pets' heads are falling off. No, it wasn't what I was thinking of. I don't know what I was thinking it was. We've got no food, we've got no jobs, our pets' heads are falling off. Are these all silly movies, Jimmy? Is there any is there any nice old movies in this that that, that I actually maybe know something about? Um Pets heads falling off. Oh, what what's what would be a movie where someone's pets' heads fall off? Some sort of family horror movie. Something Adam's family. No, not Adam's family. Um, Casper the Ghost. No. Something of that vibe. Is it something of that vibe? Mm, I mean, from that era. Ooh. Yeah, go on. I don't know. I'm not going to be good at this. It is from Dumb and Dumber. Okay. Yeah, again, it's not really Morgan's style of movie, is it? Have you seen Dumb and Dumber? No, and I don't want to. It's a deeply aggravating movie. The only thing I have seen from it is that ridiculous noise. Oh my God. Which I can't be doing with. Such a snob, Morgan. I'm not okay. a snob. I just, I like silly movies, but not obnoxious movies. Okay, okay. You'll definitely get this one. I got a spun a one, so quote number one on the card. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? No, we like this one. Yes, that's Batman 89. We yeah. like that. The most right. nonsense quote, but so memorable, but it makes no sense whatsoever. Okay, dealer's choice. All right. Wait, you don't understand. If you don't play, there's no music. If there's no music, they don't dance. If they don't dance, they don't kiss and fall in love. And I'm history. Oh, well, that'll be back to the future then. Yes, yes. yes. Let's all remember the <laughs> fact that the cover of Earth Angel in Back to the Future by Marvin Berry and the Starlighters, I think they're called, is actually way better than the original recording of Earth Angel by the Penguins from the mid-60s. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's, it's, it's objectively a better sounding version of that song. Fair enough. It really is. I, okay, think, I, I think it is. 
I got dealer's choice, and I'll even do an impression to help you figure it out. No, <laughs> is it an Edward G. Robinson impression? <laughs> I mean, you know, that's my best one. It is. <laughs> that and Catherine Hepburn are easily your best impression. <laughs> do your worst, Mr. Hughes. <laughs> I wonder who this is. <laughs> Mr. Hughes. Oh, it'll be... Um... Oh, it'll be the aviator then, won't it? Because it's <laughs> yes. Kate Blanchett playing Catherine <laughs> Yes. In the isn't, it fun? <laughs> isn't it fun when you realise that Catherine Hepburn won four Oscars and also Kate Blanchett won an Oscar for playing Catherine Hepburn? Catherine Hepburn, yeah. So has Catherine Hepburn actually <laughs> won five Oscars? I know somebody was actually kind of debating that. Possibly, um, but, and she also didn't care and didn't go to any no, ceremony. Didn't. No, she didn't. All right, dealer's choice again. Yes. Um. I feel like get like in this. my belly. Oh wait. <laughs> We like that, actually. See, this is a silly movie that I do like. Now, which one will it be? Is it the first um, one? No, it, it, it encompasses the whole. Oh, it encompasses. So it's Austin Powers, then? Yes, it's Austin Powers, yeah. in parentheses, trilogy. So. Oh, okay. Well, that's fair enough. Which one's he in? I feel like he's not in the first one. No, Fat I believe Bastard. he's in the second one. He yeah. shows up in the second one, the uh, spy who shagged me. Okay, which well, everybody always th every well. every American always thinks that's a perfectly reasonable thing to say, but you know full well what that word means in Britain. In Britain. Yes. Okay, so this will be the last one. <laughs> oh, the last one. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now we have to do one more. <laughs> okay. Why? <laughs> because I rolled on one, so it's quote one, which is right. <laughs> this one time. At band camp? Oh, yes, yes, we like this. <laughs> <laughs> that is, I, I suppose, the American Pie series, because yeah. it's not just the first one. Yes, we like that. This is the kind of nonsense movie that I do like. Okay, this will be the last one. Okay. Let's roll this dice. Okay, two, quote number two. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, well you're gonna you're gonna end on a win here, buddy. <laughs> Good. I hope so. I hope you've not just jinxed me. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know if I should just sing it. You could sing it. Come with me. <laughs> you'll be <laughs> world of your imagination. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> it just works, doesn't it? Yeah. It, it fits so well that that's the end of the game. Yes. When it is obviously Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, our would... mutual favorite movie. <laughs> yes. Would you like to hear the other two quotes from that movie? Go on then. Quote number one was It makes everlasting gobstoppers. And the third quote okay. was We are the music makers and the dreamers oh, of dreams. That's a good quote. Though. Right. Like Yes. <laughs> Although, All of course, right. my favorite quote from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is You get nothing, you lose. <laughs> Good, Good day, day, sir. <laughs> you stole fizzy lifting drinks. Yes. 
you know, mine is Rachmaninoff. <laughs> yes, yours is Rachmaninoff. Yes, of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> or nuts. <laughs> no, or nuts. Yeah. What? What business? What business you yeah, salt. salt. No nuts. <laughs> so good. Oh dear. There's so many. There's so many yeah, from Willy Wonka, really, that are great quotes. Yes, we like that quotes game. Although you have to know the movie, don't you, to really yeah. get them. You're not gonna get too many quotes from movies you've not seen, unless they're really, really famous ones. Yes. There we go. For this episode of Monday Madness, Janine, we did say it would be a little bit of a shorter yeah. show today, but we've certainly had a lot of fun. It is not the only show we have on this podcast feed or thing we have on this YouTube channel, though, is it? No, of course, on this very channel, the It's a Wonderful Podcast YouTube channel, we have some fun things. We do watch-alongs, um, retro trailer reactions, Morgan is a wonderful physical media collector so he will share his physical media movie hauls with you guys and some fun videos i've been doing a bunch of fun scream content review videos ranking videos um i actually have a big ranking video planned and it all encompassing the new scream six uh we have our reviews um all kinds of fun stuff so please like, share, subscribe the It's Wonderful Podcast YouTube channel to also find Monday Madness there. Um, but you can also find Monday Madness on the It's a Wonderful Podcast podcast feed every Monday. Of course, every Wednesday we have our show Morgan Hasn't Seen, where I force Morgan to watch things he hasn't seen. We are talking fighting movies right now um, because of the release of Creed 3. So we've had fun talking some good boxing movies, some silly action fighting movies. Um, so check that series out. Morgan hasn't seen every Wednesday on the It's a Wonderful Podcast feed. And of course, every Friday on the podcast feed, we have our flagship show, It's a Wonderful Podcast, where we give love to classic films. So every yes. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we have you covered on the podcast feed. And anytime we have you covered on the It's a Wonderful Podcast YouTube channel. So that check them out. <laughs> that is very true. Subscribing the notification bell on this channel. There have been links scrolling at the bottom of the screen if you are watching for all our things, such as the Patreon and donation links that are in the description if you would like to support us that way. We can't do what we do without that generous support, and we love all our supporters so very dearly. We really, really do. If you would like to join them, follow those links that are in the description of this episode. Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Amazon Music, and everywhere else for Monday Madness. Morgan hasn't seen. And it's a wonderful podcast, the main show where we celebrate old movies and we show love to them and discover new ones because that's what we love to do the most here on It's a Wonderful Podcast. You can, of course, also find the show on Twitter at It's a Wonderful One. Find me on Twitter at The Purple Dawn with a three instead of the E in there because, Janine, three is the magic number. On Instagram and TikTok at The Purple Dawn. All your Shazam stuff is where. Well. You can find me at Janine Debean underscore on Twitter, Janine Debean on Instagram and TikTok. If you want to get any merch for any of our shows, the link has been scrolling at the bottom below or check the description uh, or just search It's a Wonderful Podcast on teespring.com. We have some fun designs over there. All the logos for our shows, including some fun Stranger Things designs. So please check it out. And if you want to purchase any of my art in print form, you can find that at my big cartel shop, g9design.bigcartel.com. Yes, I will end the show by saying again, hi, Megan. 
It's me. Shoot your shot. Shoot your shot, buddy. That's, that's, that's all I have to say. That's all I have to say. That. There is only right. one thing left to do, Janine. Please, in whatever bizarre impression you so choose. Larry. Toe. Oh, one. Bye. Bye.